think about 60 seconds and give him a great praise in this place. Come on, somebody give him a song. How many of you understand that the Bible gives us a formula for how we should praise God? Psalm 150 says to praise him according to, tell your neighbor according to, his excellent greatness, tell your neighbor. Can I just translate that to you? What that means is, however good God has been to you, your praise should be a reflection of the degree of his goodness. Let me take it further. In other words, if God has never done anything for you, then you've got a right to sit in your pew this morning with your legs crossed, your arms crossed, and your eyes crossed. But if God's ever done anything for you, and if he's ever made a way, and he ever opened a door, baby, you've got a command to praise him to uh, his excellent greatness. Uh, somebody take just a minute uh, and praise him uh, for everything he's done uh, in your life. Here's how they used to sing it. About Jesus, what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how he saved set me free. Can dance, 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 dance. I can dance, 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 dance. And I can dance,
He's been so good to me. I got to praise him. Would you dance with me? Would you dance with me? Would you? up in here this morning I said it's the don't 
you even shout hallelujah. You're liable to set off an avalanche in the building this morning. Hey! for the Holy Ghost fire. I said, is anybody grateful for Holy Ghost fire this morning? <laughs> we sing an old song around here sometimes. It says, Jeremiah said it like fire. Jeremiah said it's like fire. Shut up in my boom. Shut up in my boom. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Boom, boom, boom. Somebody give him a praise this morning. A couple of weeks ago, we were, had some folks over the house, and we were in the back of our property, and we have a, a, a big fire pit. And we were preparing to light a fire for everybody to enjoy. And my son Judah was out there stacking wood, when he got done stacking the wood, he's looking around and he couldn't find the lighter fluid. We had run out of lighter fluid, Brother Leo. And so the next best thing in his mind was to go grab a gallon of gasoline. <laughs> I heard an amen out there. And he came and started dumping that stuff all over. Just about then I walked out there and said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful. And before I could even say anything, he had pulled out a lighter. And the fumes from that thing, just the fumes backdrafted, almost burnt his eyebrows off. 
He almost had to go buy a mascara pen just to draw eyebrows on his eye eyelids for church. There's something combustible when you get in a church service like this. When the place is saturated uh, with the anointing of God like it is this morning, uh, baby, it doesn't take nothing uh, but a hungry heart uh, to cause an explosion. Uh, all it takes uh, is one woman uh, with a maid of mine uh, that said, I will uh, touch the hem uh, of his garment today. Uh, all it takes uh, is one man uh, that says today uh, I'm gonna be delivered uh, when you step in this environment uh, there's something about somebody ought to lift your hands right now in his presence come on lift your hands in his presence I don't know what you came meeting from God uh, but he's here in the building this morning Did anybody come with expectation in your spirit? I said, did anybody come with expectation in your spirit? Amen. We are excited this morning, first of all, for all of our guests and our visitors that are in the house of the Lord this morning. It's already been said, but let me again say welcome to Sunday morning at the Rock Church. Would you help me give a great big hand clap one more time for all of our guests? Come on, let's make some noise. We can do better than that. We are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord today. To all of those who are streaming online, you can be seated for just a brief moment. To all those who are streaming online with us this morning, we're so grateful that you have the opportunity to tune in to what the Lord is doing in this place. Amen. If you're here for the very first time this morning, you should have received a VIP welcome card when you came in that looks like the image on the screen behind me. And that invitation card is for you to join us immediately after the service in our VIP room. We've got a, a beautiful room prepared with some light refreshments and a small gift that we'd love to give you just as a token of our appreciation that you would come and worship with us here in the house of the Lord. Amen. And uh, so if you did not receive one of those and it's your first time here, if you'll just slip your hand in the air for a moment, one of our staff members will bring one of those to you. Uh, but immediately following the service, if you'll meet us on the red carpet, there'll be somebody there to escort you into the VIP room. Amen. One more time, would you help me clap your hands and welcome all of our guests, all of our VIP guests that are here. As a matter of fact, why don't you just turn to everybody in your 360-degree radius this morning and tell them, welcome home this morning. Come on, reach over the pew behind you. Reach over the pew in front of you, on your left, on your right. Come on, tell them, welcome home. Welcome home. Amen. So good to have you in the house of the Lord. It is so good to look up, and I, I saw him Tuesday night and didn't get a chance to say anything but it's so good to see Brother Patrick Janowitz in the back home this morning. Would you help me give God a praise for him? This, of course, is the precious uh, only begotten son <laughs> of Brother Patrick Donnelly. And we, 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 love, we love Brother Donnelly and, 
and uh, so good to have Brother Patrick back home this morning. What a great time in the Holy Ghost we have been having. Amen. This past week, Ladacia was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. This last week, Keita was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. This past week, Eddie was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to get excited over this. This past week, Crystal was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And before this service is over today, uh, there's no telling how many of us here uh, are going to be baptized in Jesus' name uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish I could get an amen in the building right now. Hey, today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Amen. So many wonderful, wonderful things happening uh, in this house this week. If you did not catch all of those announcements, uh, you can keep track of our calendar on our website, uh, or you can download our free mobile app to your phone, and there's an awesome calendar feature there. You can have everything going on at the church right at your fingertips. Amen? Just search the Rock Church of Fort Myers, and you can find any of those. And uh, I'm so thankful for the presence of God that is with us this morning. It is a great honor this morning to have no stranger to this house, but it is wonderful to have evangelist Jermaine Irvin in the house of the Lord with us this morning. Come on, would you help me give him a great big rock church welcome back this morning? Yeah. Amen. And uh, I've had the privilege of being acquainted with this great young man for quite some time. And uh, it has just been incredible to watch over the years as God has placed his, his potter's hand on this young man and uh, have watched God just mold him and make him. And God has raised him up uh, to be a powerful anointed voice in this hour and this generation. And I'm excited he's here with us today. I believe in the fivefold ministry. Amen. How many of you believe in the fivefold ministry? We need evangelists to work with the local church, and I'm excited. I believe God's given him a word for this house. If you came with expectation in your spirit, I want you to stand all over this sanctuary. And if you know that God's got a word for you in this place, would you put your hands together one more time? Come on, lift up your voice and make some Holy Ghost noise as Brother Irvin comes to deliver the word of the Lord. Somebody lift up a shout to Jesus right now. You ought to give God praise right now. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify your holy name. You're worthy to be praised. Is anybody glad to be in God's house on a Sunday morning? Praise God, praise God. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. David said it like this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Does anybody feel that way? Does anybody feel glad to be in God's house for one more opportunity and one more chance to give him praise, to lift him up and magnify his holy name? Praise God, praise God such an honor to be here man it's so good to be back 
I love the Rock Church. I, amen. I told my bishop I was flying out to Fort Myers. He said, put me in a suitcase with you and take me with you. <laughs> Everybody loves this church. I count it a distinct honor to be here, to be able to minister this morning. And let's get right into the word of the Lord. If you're turning your Bibles, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. While you're turning there, let me say what a distinct honor it is to be in this house. We don't take it for granted. We love the Williams. Anybody love your bishop? Amen. You guys are so blessed. Don't ever take it for granted. Don't ever take it for granted. It, it is not like this everywhere. You guys are a blessed people. So I'm just glad to be a part of what God's already doing. I just want to come in here and, and be a part of what God's doing on a Sunday morning. Amen. I give honor to my pastor and bishop, Pastor Stephen Collins, Pastor Bishop Barry Sutton. We're doing a work in Birmingham. God's pouring out revival. We're seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. I give honor to them today. My family wishes they were here with me, but um, they're praying for me right now. So... Hopefully you'll get to meet them soon. I got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a nine-month-old. So continue to pray for me. Praise God. No, they're wonderful people. Wonderful people. Let's get right into the word of God right now. Mark chapter 12. We'll begin reading in verse 41. When you got it, say amen. And Jesus said over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast all that she had, even all her living, even all her living. Praise God. Praise God. There are moments when you preach to everybody in the room. There are moments when you preach to principalities in the city. And there are other times when you preach to just a handful of people. And to this morning, I want to preach to the handful of people. But don't check out on me this morning. I believe this word is for everybody. And if you don't need it right now, you need to take it and put it in your pocket for a later date because you're going to need this revelation and you're going to need this word when your time of distress and in your time of trouble. I believe that God's going to change some hearts today. I believe that God's going to set somebody free by the power of the Holy Ghost in this house right now. If you believe that, you ought to lift up a, you ought to lift up a shout of praise. Amen, amen. I want somebody right now to shout out hallelujah. Come on, somebody right now, shout out hallelujah. Amen, amen. This atmosphere is just like this, that God can change lives, that God can mend the brokenhearted, that God can set free those that have been chained. I want to preach for just a couple moments by the help of the Holy Ghost, the potential of a broken Hallelujah. The potential of a broken. Hallelujah. If you would, put your Bibles down. 
lift up your voice all over this house right now somebody cry out to Jesus right now somebody pray that God will move in this sanctuary that God will bring his word to the hurting heart that God would do a work in this house mighty God we love you we thank you for your grace oh God we thank you for your mercy we thank you for your loving kindness oh God we thank you for your tender mercies God, we thank you for another day. We thank you for another opportunity. God, I pray, oh God, that you would reach your people today. God, I pray, oh God, that you would let my words, oh God, be your words, God. Hide me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Jesus, you're my strength and my redeemer. Let everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Elijah is introduced in 1 Kings chapter 17. A Tishbite who drops into our pages out of nowhere with the confident assertion, as the Lord God of Israel lives, there shall be neither dew or rain except by my word. So Elijah's first order of business was to shut up the windows of heaven and dry up the land in preparation for the reconciliation of God and his people. But they're going to suffer for three and a half years and the Bible says that God comes and tells him to turn eastward and hide himself by the brook Sherith and it, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there so he goes and he dwells by the brook as the Lord commanded him and the Bible says that the ravens brought him meat and bread in the morning time and the ravens brought him meat and bread in the evening time. I want to stop right here for just a minute and let you know that before there was a Grubhub, before there was an Uber Eats, we serve a God that's able. We serve a God that's able to deliver. We serve a God that's able to make a way where there seems to be no way. We serve a God that created the food delivery service. A God that's going to bring you food in your wilderness. A God that's able to provide. Before there was a Uber Eats and all of those delivery services that show up to your front porch, we serve a God that knows exactly where you are. When you can't even get nothing on your phone to deliver some food, we serve a God that knows your address. We serve a God that knows what streets you live on. We serve a God that knows every single need that you have. We serve a God that can do the impossible. And so Elijah is here at the brook, and he's drinking from the water of the brook. But remember, it's a drought, and it rains on the just and on the unjust. And Elijah, his, his, his supply starts to go dry. The Bible says that the brook dried up. And at this moment, God sent him another word. He says, here's what we're going to do. I know you don't have any food where you are. You're not going to be able to sustain yourself there. But I have prepared a widow woman that's going to sustain you. I want you to go to Zarephath. And he goes to Zarephath and he gets to the gate of the city. And just beyond the gate of the city, he sees the widow woman. And the widow woman is down and she's picking up sticks. And he goes to her and he says, I need you to go and fetch me some water. He doesn't give her a, hey, how you doing? What's your name? I don't care about your situation. I just need you to go and get me some water. How insensitive is he? 
And while you're at it, I want you to go and get a morsel of bread in your hand. She says, you don't understand. You're asking for the one thing that I can't give you. The program and the plan was that I was going to take these sticks. I was going to get this little bit of meal that I had in the barrel and this little bit of oil that I had in a cruise because that's all I've got left. She says, I was going to take the sticks and I was going to create a fire and I was going to mix all of these things together and I was going to bake me and my son a cake and we were going to die. She's at her wit's end, and this is the last that she has. And she's wondering, why would this man of God come and ask me for the last thing that I have? And he says, you know what? Just, just make me a cake first. By the way, the Lord told me to tell you that the barrel of meal won't waste and the oil shall not fail. Sometimes all you need is a word from God. Sometimes all you need is to hang on to the word that God gave you. And you just got to do what the word of God says. You got to do what the man of God says. God's going to work it out. Just make me a cake first. And so she goes. I can imagine this scenario. She's thinking there's no more, no more place to get food. There's nowhere to get enough for her son, her and her son. This is all she has left. And I can see her going and gathering this little bit of meal that she has in the barrel and this little bit of oil that she has in the cruise. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're at your wit's end. You're at your last moment. You've got bills to pay and you don't know where the money is coming from. And God says, I want you to give that little bit that you got to the church. But God, this is all that I have. God, I don't have anything else. God, I don't know where my next is going to come from. Just do what the word says. And I can imagine her walking and making this cake with her son right by her, probably with tears running down her face, not knowing where the next meal was going to come from, understanding that I'm about to die, that this is the last moment, that this may be the last thing that I'm going to do. But you see, obedience is the principal thing. You just got to be obedient to the word that you got from the man of God. And every step of the way by faith, she's walking and she's going towards this meal, going towards this oil, getting these sticks. And she's making this cake for the man of God. And, and this is a difficult thing. It takes faith to step out on something that you can't see. She takes that cake, she picks it up. I'm pretty sure she probably looked at it knowing that I'm about to die. I don't know how I'm going to feed my son. I'm going to give this to the man of God. And she takes this cake to the man of God and she gives the man of God the cake. But you got to get the picture that I'm trying to paint for you on a Sunday morning. You got to see this old, this young widow lady that's, that's in the desperation, that's in a moment that she doesn't understand. And she's got to turn from the man of God and walk back towards the tent. And I can see it now as she begins to walk back towards the place where she dwelled. She begins to walk back towards the tent. And she was wondering in her mind, is this is the last moment? If this is the last time? If, woo! 
she gets back to that tent. And with trepidation and with fear, she opens up the flap of that tent with her son behind her. He may or may not have known what was going on at this moment, but it was a drought in the land. And she knew full well, I just gave the last that I've got. I don't have anything else. I hope the man of God is true. She gets back to that house, opens up that, that tent flap. She walks in and she goes to where she left the barrel. And slowly she opens up that barrel where the meal resides. And she opened up that barrel not knowing what she was going to see. But the man of God had gave her a word. So she was hoping and wishing and praying that the man of God was true. And she cracked open that barrel and she saw the barrel full. I'm here to preach to somebody that's in your midnight hour that God is able to provide, that God knows exactly where you are, that God's able to make a way where there seemed to be no way. She pops open that cruise and, and now she sees that the man of God was true and she understood that this is nothing short of a miracle. The Bible says that she was going to be sustained for the three and a half years and the barrel wouldn't waste and the oil wouldn't fail and now she was sustained for many days. I'm here to tell somebody that God can show up right on time. That God knows how to... God knows how to send provision. When you don't know how it's going to work out, all you got to do is trust the plan of God. All you got to do is trust the man of God. All you got to do is get to the church. And time kicks on just a little bit. The Bible says that her son falls sick. Is this okay this morning? Her son falls sick and desperate again. She's looking for that man of God. And she says, what are you doing? What, 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 what's the deal? I did what you asked me to do. What's the deal? Why is my son sick? Are you going to bring up my past sins? What are you doing in this situation? My son is sick. He's about to die. And I need you to show up again. You see, oftentimes, we don't truly believe after the first miracle. So this is how God deals with us, broken and fallen humanity, is that if the first miracle doesn't work, God will send you another miracle. If it doesn't work for you on Monday, God will show up again on Tuesday. If it doesn't work for you on Tuesday, God will stand there with grace and mercy. Oh, my goodness, they missed it this time, but I'm going to show up again. We serve a God that's able to do it again. We serve a God that if he did it before, then he can do it again. He goes and he takes him to the loft where he abode and he, the Bible says that he stretches himself upon the child three times and he said revive this child, his spirit again and God does the miracle again. And at this point, your Bible says that the woman said these words, now I know that thou art a man of God. What about the barrel and the meal? No. Now I know 
that he's the man of God. See, you got to get to a point in your spirit where it only takes one time for God to show you something for you to believe. But if you don't catch it the first time, God will do it again because God knows if I could just show him a little bit of my hand one more time, they're going to serve me for many days. You got to stay faithful to the ways of God. You got to stay faithful to the ways of God. And you got to believe. The trial in the land. The Bible says, Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that there were many widows in Israel during the three and a half years. But Elijah was sent to none other than this woman. I believe that he was sent to this woman because God knew that she would give the last that she had. What are you preaching Brother Irvin on a Sunday morning? I wish you make a little bit of sense. I'm about to square it up for you right now. Sometimes sometimes we come to the house of God and they're singing great God great praise and you want to get on board with the praise and the worship. But sometimes life knocks you flat on your back. And sometimes it's a little bit difficult to give God the praise that you want to give him. But I come to preach to an apostolic on a Sunday morning that all you got to do is offer up a broken hallelujah. All you've got to do is offer up a broken praise. I know it doesn't look pretty. I know it doesn't look like I normally do, but if all you got is a little bit of praise, you got to give God the best that you've got. She says, I, I come to the house of God. I don't have my best praise today. Life has knocked me on my back. I'm laying on the canvas and everything is going wrong. But from here, I got to lift up my hands just a little bit higher so that God... I watched you doing praise and worship, and I watched this front fill up with people that had their best praise. But there are some others of us that don't have it together today, and that's okay. But if you get a hold of this revelation that I'm preaching to you this morning, sometimes you may not find yourself in the front doing all of this. Sometimes you just got to reach up from the rubble. Naked, I came in this world. And naked, I shall return like Job. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, when you get that in your spirit... And we get 100% participation, whether you're in the front praising God or you're on the back row, beat up by life, broken, disgusted. All you got to do is offer up a broken hallelujah. God, today, my praise is broken. But if you'll accept this. She's at a witch end. It's all she had left. I'm preaching to you today. I know you think you might have been forgotten. I know you can get lost in the midst of all of this praise. But God sent a preacher on a Sunday morning to let you know that sometimes it's okay to not be okay. 
walking in the house of God, putting a smile on our face, that's a good thing. But sometimes you can't even get the smile. Sometimes you can't even make out the words that say, hallelujah, it's broken and it's beat up and it's busted. But I wish somebody on a Sunday morning or offer up a broken hallelujah or offer up a shattered praise. You got to be willing just to give God everything you got. God, today, I don't have my best praise. I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. I got everything else going on. And I want to praise with the praise team. I want to praise with everybody that's in the front. But today, God, I'm trying to give you everything I've got. I'm reaching deep, deep, deep to find what I've got. And God, if I can just offer you a broken hallelujah. God, all I've got is a little bit of meal in the barrel and a little bit of oil in the cruise. But God, if you can use anything, you can use this. God knows where you are. God knows every circumstance. God knows every situation. I know you think God has forgot about you, but let me tell you, baby, on a Sunday morning, God knows exactly where you are. God's got your address. God's got your bank account. God knows where you are. I know you got a lot of month left and a little bit of money, but God can make a way when there seems to be no way. Praise God. I believe that. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching today? That's why we got to be so careful in the house of God that this doesn't become a, a horizontal worship, but it continues to be a vertical worship. Because what happens is you start looking at your neighbor and you start judging them based on how they praise God. And you don't know what they've been through. You just got to say, I know you can't get your hand up in the air today, but I'm going to come up on the side of you and I'm going to help you give a greater praise to the God that you serve. Come on, somebody. I feel like preaching on a Sunday morning. You got to get excited about what your God can do. And we move along in the scripture to Mark chapter 5. The Bible says there's another woman. The Bible calls her a certain woman with an issue of blood. And this woman had this issue of blood for 12 years. So day in and day out, she would go through her situation and she would walk out life knowing that she wasn't whole. And this woman would wake up every day with this infirmity in her body. Day after day, the Bible says that she would go to the doctor and she would go to the doctor and they would try to cure her of this infirmity. And, and she would go and, and, and spend money at these doctors and she would come back empty and nothing else was fixed. And she was looking at herself like, my goodness, I can't be made whole. And she'll go to another doctor on another day and she'll pull out some more money and she'll give it to that doctor. Doctor, do you have a home remedy that I can take? Is there anything else that you can do in my situation? She'd go back home 
empty-handed. She go back again. Doctor, I need you today. I don't have any other options, but I need you to show up right now. And that doctor would say, you need to try a little bit of this. And she would get home, and she would stay in her situation. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? There comes a point in time when natural means don't work. There comes a point in time when you need something supernatural to show up in your world. And one day the Bible says that she heard that Jesus was passing through. She heard about this Jesus. She probably heard about the miracles that he had done. She probably heard about all the noise in the street about the man Jesus. And now Jesus is passing through. And Jesus is on his way to Tyrus' house to heal his daughter. But sometimes you got to get desperate enough to let God know, God, you got to shut down the program. God, I'm desperate. God, I need to get a hold of you. Bible says that there was a press, there was a multitude, there was a lot of people, and Jesus is in this press. And I can imagine at this point, this lady probably frail from all of the blood that she lost. I can imagine that she said, I don't care what happens to me in this press, I just got to get to where Jesus is. And desperate, she starts to push her way through the press. You got to see it today. She's at her wit's end. She doesn't have anything else to give. She doesn't have anything else to offer the master as he passes through. But she breaks through that crowd. And I'm sure there were some hefty men there. And they probably knocked her down. And she's down on her knees. And she's trying to figure out, can I get to where Jesus is? And she says... She says, if I can just touch, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I can be made whole. Desperate. She needed something from God. I'm telling you, sometimes you got to get desperate. Sometimes if you want to see revival, you got to do some things that you've never done before. You got to be willing to look a fool in front of everybody to reach the hem of his garment. probably on the ground and she's she's trying to reach the master but she knew all I gotta do I don't have to talk to him I don't have to have a conversation with him he's got so much power that if I just touch the hem of his garment then I can be made whole as she reaches out and she touches the hem of his garment the Bible says that in that moment she knew that her issue had dried up within her, and she knew she was healed. She hadn't had a conversation with the God. She didn't talk to him. I'm telling you, sometimes there's this thing, this, this currency that we have in our pocket, and it's called faith. And if you just use a little bit of faith and mix it with what God has already said, you just got to say, God, I've got enough faith to believe that if I touch the hem of your garment, I can be made whole. 
And Jesus says one of the most interesting things we find in the word of God. He looked around and he said, who touched me? And the disciples pipe up and they say, everybody's touching you. Everybody's around you. There's a press. There's a multitude of people. Everybody is bumping up against you. What do you mean? Who touched you? He said, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. This touch was different because I felt virtue flow out of me. Sometimes you got to get to the house of God and you can't be comfortable just to be in the presence of God. But you got to touch the master. You got to get to where he is. You got to get to where the father is. See, sometimes God move, is moved by desperation. God is moved by a desperate cry when you get up and start crying out to God and you say, God, I'm not taking no for an answer. Like the lady with the unjust judge, you just got to keep on knocking at the door. God, I know you can't hear me right now, but I'm going to stay here. And he said, who touched me? And she finally built up the courage. She stood up and she says, I, I touch you. And he says, thy faith has made thee whole. You know, oftentimes we think that it's all about what we can give God. We think that it's in us. That it's in our great praise. That it's in our great worship. But let me tell you a little secret. God just wants to know about your heart. God just wants to know if all I give you is a little bit, will you give the little bit back to me? Will you put the little bit in the hands of the master? Will you offer up a broken hallelujah? Will you offer up a broken praise? God, but I don't have anything to give you. God looks at Moses and he says, what is in your hand? God really don't care what was in Moses' hand. If he had something else in his hand, God would have used that. I'm here to preach to somebody right now and let you know that you got what you need right now to please God. You've got everything that you need in order to get a hold of the master. You just got to start looking at what you've got left. And you got to say, God, I don't have an abundance, but what I have, I will give it to you, God. Stay with me today. We skip along to Mark chapter 10. There's a man in the scripture by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. And Blind Bartimaeus sat by the roadside. He didn't have a way to make means for himself. And so he sat there begging every day to make a living for himself. And he couldn't see, so he couldn't do much work. So he's sitting there and he's waiting on handouts so that people will help him get along in life. Some scholars would say that his father, Timaeus, was probably blind as well. And so he probably knew this lifestyle. He was probably accustomed to this lifestyle. And he sat there every day begging. He sat there every day trying to make a living for himself. He sat there every day trying to just do the best that he could with his situation. But all days are not created equal. This day 
Something had shifted in the atmosphere this day. There was a presence that he had never felt this day. He found out that there was a man named Jesus passing through. And he said, you know what? I'm sick of sitting where I'm sitting. Sometimes you got to get fed up in your spirit. Sometimes you got to say, I'm sick of sitting here. I'm done sitting here. God's got greater for me. God's got better for me. Why would I sit here when God's got greater? Jesus is passing through. The Bible says that he begins to cry out. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And people around, they said, look, look, you need to keep it down. You don't have anything to offer him. You don't have anything to give. You might as well sit in the mess that you've been sitting in. But like I said, you got to get fed up in your spirit. And sometimes you got to get an attitude that says, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I got to get my miracle. I got to get my blessing. I got to get my breakthrough. Keep it down. Just hold your peace. Just sit here. Just sit here and continue to be blind. Just sit here and continue to be lost. Just sit here and continue to be broken. Just sit here and continue to be bound. No, 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 no. No. When you get some revelation beyond your situation, you got to start looking at stuff and saying no. I got kids. I got three young kids. And I noticed something with kids. Is they learn one word real quick. They learn how to say, mom. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's mine. Don't touch that. That's mine. Sometimes an apostolic has got to get that type of attitude on a Sunday morning. I feel like preaching right now. No, sir. No, ma'am. You can't touch my miracle. That's mine. You can't touch my breakthrough. That's mine. You can't touch my anointing. That's mine. You got to claim it. You got to grab it. You got to say, God, if you meant it for me, then it's mine. I'm going to. Blind Bartimaeus had the spirit of mind on him. It's my time to be blessed. My time for a breakthrough. I need a miracle. And the miracle's not just going to happen. But I'm is doing the same thing that he's been doing his whole life. But somewhere along the line, Blind Bartimaeus had to get an attitude in his spirit that says, that's my miracle. That's my blessing. That's my breakthrough. They said, keep it down. And he said, you know what? You can sit here all you want to sit here. I'm sick of being next to this negativity anyway. And he cried out yet the more, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. 
And let me tell you something about your cry. And let me tell you something about your desperation. And let me tell you something about the times when you just got to get a hold of God by any means necessary. The Bible says that Jesus stood still. Your cry, your desperation, your fed up spirit has the ability to make Jesus stand at attention. Jesus stood still. Something had got his attention. And he told the disciples, he said, bring him to me. They pick up blind Bartimaeus. And the Bible says these words. It says, and casting off his garment. See, you got you to gotta understand about the garment. This garment was probably his only possession. This garment was his place of comfort. This garment would, would keep him warm at the nighttime. This garment would keep him warm in the cold. This garment was all that he had left. And when he cast aside the garment, that let Jesus know that he would never need it again. Sometimes you got to get rid of some dead weight on your life so that you can walk in the promise that God has called you to. Sometimes you got to shed people in your life that will hold you back from everything that God has created you to be. Sometimes you got to say, I got to shed off some old stuff. I can't live this way anymore. I can't go here anymore. I can't do this anymore. I got to get my miracle. And he comes up to Jesus. He says, what do you need that I may receive my sight? There's that faith word again. He says, thy faith has made thee whole. He didn't have anything to offer. Well, he didn't think he had anything to offer. But when God saw that he was willing to just give the last thing that he had and sacrifice it on an altar and say, God, this belongs to you. The results and the details, they belong to you. But I'm going to offer up this broken praise. I'm going to offer up this broken hallelujah. I'm going to offer up this broken sacrifice. God, I know it's not perfect. God, I know it's not my best. But it's all that I've got left. I know where you're at today, saying to God, you got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Life has knocked you on your back. You want to give God everything that you've got. You want to give him the best praise. You look at these people that come in the front and they shout and dance. But what you don't understand is that they've been there too. And one day they're going to have to be there again. But if they get the revelation that all I got to do is give God the best that I've got in this moment, then God will say he'll take it. He'll do something great with a broken hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord I'm all right on time praise God John chapter 6 Bible says that Jesus lifts up his eyes and he sees the multitude and this is the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels. And so when the Bible is redundant, we got to sit up and pay attention. God's trying to teach us something. 
He lifts up his eyes and he sees the multitude. And he looks at Philip and he says, how are we going to feed this many? They had 5,000 people there and they needed something to eat. Some of the gospels say that Jesus had compassion on them. And he asked them, how are we going to feed this many? And when he asked this question, the Bible says that Jesus knew what he would do. I'm here to preach to somebody right now in this moment and let you know that God's already got a plan for your situation. God's already got a remedy. God's already got a word. God's already got a way out of your situation. You may think God doesn't know where you are, but God's been strategizing. God's been making a plan for your situation. He already knew what he would do. Then Andrew pipes up and he says, but there is a lad here. And he has five loaves and two fishes. The Bible says that Jesus takes the loaves, but we know that Jesus is a gentleman. So I don't necessarily believe that Jesus went and snatched this little boy's sack lunch up. And this is a difficult place to be because this lad was the only one that had something. And by giving this to God, he would put himself in the same position as everybody else around him. I got to take this sack lunch that is all I've got. And in other words, too, it's the only thing that everybody else is looking for. So if we honest in the house, I'm trying to hide my little sack lunch, and I'm trying to make sure nobody sees it because I ain't trying to get it took from me. Right. Y'all saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost in this house. And so this lad has a moment of decision where he's got to be willing to give the, only, the last thing that he's got left in this moment, and he's got to give it to the master. Matthew's account Matthew 14 and 19 says that Jesus looked up into heaven. He blessed it. He broke it. And he multiplied it. And this principle is so important. It's I am blessed to be broken so that I can be multiplied. And so what happens is. We get in this cycle and in this process with God where we get the blessing of God. And then God breaks us. And right here where I'm preaching that today, some of you find yourself in the broken stage. And you think that God doesn't know what he's doing. You think that God has got you here for no reason. You think that there's no cause for the pace that you're in right now. But I'm here to preach to somebody on a Sunday morning that God has to break you in order for you to be multiplied. In order for... There's got to be a breaking. There's got to be a breaking in order for you to be multiplied. And the real stuff that God wants to get out of you to go out into the world. But you've got to be blessed. You've got to be broken so that you can be multiplied. If somebody gets a hold of what I'm preaching right now, you'll have some understanding of why you're going through what you're going through. I want to preach to you today and let you know you got to keep on going. you got to keep on moving. God's got it all under control. And we love to preach about the miracle, 
that Jesus fed the 5,000. And he did. And it'll preach. But if that lad never gets a determination in his spirit that says, God, this is all I've got. I know it's not much, but with God, little is everything. Stop getting frustrated that all you can do is put a dollar in the offering plate. Keep on putting a dollar in the offering plate. God's going to bless it. God's going to break it. God's going to multiply. Then you're going to pull $100 bills out of your pocket and slap it in the offering plate. Because you are faithful. Because you never waver. Because you never fail. God will take the little that you have and he'll multiply it and he'll make it everything. I'm telling you, if he didn't have that sack lunch, we know that God could have done anything out of nothing. But I'm telling you, God says, what's here? What can I find here? Oh, there's a lad. He's got five barley loaves and two fish. I can work with that. I can work with your little bit of praise. I can work with your broken hallelujah. I can... Praise God. If we skip back to our text, I'm almost done preaching. We get back to Mark chapter 12. And Jesus is leaning against the treasury. And he's standing against the treasury. And he's observing what people put in. He's leaning up against the treasury. In those days, they had 13 treasury boxes or offering boxes. And people would come to the city center and they would throw in their contribution. And Jesus takes a break from his ministry. And he's leaning up against the treasury. And he's watching those that come and give. And he pays attention that there is people that have much that are rich. And they cast in. What they have. And this, you got to get this because this is not an indictment on those that have a lot. If you've got your best praise, God is looking for your best praise today. I'm not preaching to somebody that just wants to sit back and watch everything go by. I'm preaching to people that are broken. I'm preaching to people that have some weight on your shoulders. I'm preaching to you that your heart is set on giving God a great praise, but you just can't muster up the words that say hallelujah today. I'm preaching to somebody that you, whoa. So it's not an indictment on those that have a lot. If you've got a lot, keep giving a lot. But Jesus is just observing and he's, he's watching and those gave much. and He sees deep off in the distance. He sees a widow woman. This widow woman begins to make her way to the treasury. And step after step, she knows this is all I've got left. I don't have much to offer God. I don't have much to offer the house of God. I don't have much of a contribution to make today. She makes her way to that treasury. The Bible says that Jesus calls the disciples close. 
He says, I want you to come here. I want you to pay attention to this lady. I want you to see what she's doing in this moment. This is a big deal to Jesus. The Bible says she makes her way to those boxes. She reaches in that purse. She grabs the last thing that she's got. She doesn't have a husband to provide for her. She probably doesn't know where the next is going to come from. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? She goes to this treasure and Jesus and the disciples are watching. The Bible says that she cashed in two mites. Some say that this is less than a penny. But I believe that when she threw those two mites into the treasury, that all of the heavens heard it drop in. What am I preaching to you on a Sunday morning? I just want to tell somebody in this house, I know it's difficult right now. I know you're walking through a trial and a situation that you don't even understand. And it's difficult for you to give God the best praise that you got. Can I propose to you today that the best praise is everything that you've got? But pastor, all I've got is a little bit of praise. We need that. God can bless that. God can break that. God can multiply that. Just bring your little bit of praise to the house of God and watch God work with it. And God's watch, watch God do a miracle with it. And watch God show up. The potential of a broken hallelujah is to put it in the hands of the master and watch him work with it. Stand with me all over this building. I'm almost done preaching. I remember growing up, my mom was faithful to the things of God. Prayer warrior. Greatest Christian I ever knew in my life. Wake up in the morning, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, she's on her knees praying. On the phone talking to her friends, she's praying and talking to God on the phone. She just had this prayer life and this relationship that I grew up around and we were so blessed to be able to grow up like that. But I remember time ticked on and mama got sick. She had a lung disease and she got real sick and... It was a difficult time. We spanned about eight or nine years for my family when my mom's breathing would just decrease. She'll take a couple steps and she'll, she couldn't breathe very well, so she would have to sit down. And this continued to progress. She had to get oxygen and family trips were cut out and doing normal things that everybody else did was cut away. And I remember walking through this time and a difficult situation and my mom was in the hospital for months on end. One particular time I remember she was in the hospital and she was in an induced coma and they were trying to preserve her life. It was a difficult time for my family. But I remember when she came out of that and she was spending more time in the hospital trying to recover. And I remember walking up to that hospital one day It was a church day. 
And she was watching the rerun of the service that day. And I remember my mom, she had just got her speech back. She just started to talk. And I'll never forget in that moment when I would sit there and watch the rerun of that service. Broken, beat up, just in a rough situation. I'll never forget my mom lifting up her hands and saying hallelujah. It wasn't the prettiest hallelujah I ever heard in my life. But I'm telling you, all of heaven heard the broken hallelujah that rang from that hospital room. I'm here to tell somebody in this atmosphere that if all you've got is a broken hallelujah, I wish somebody right now will give that to God. God, just lift up your hands right now and somebody just shout hallelujah. Somebody just get a hold of God. Somebody just create an atmosphere where God can do miracles right now. Come on, somebody. These altars are open right now. God is in this house. God's here to meet you right where you are. God wants to take that praise. God wants to take your brokenness. And God wants to do a miracle with it today. Come on, somebody. I wish somebody would come down around this front. Lift up your hands and go ahead and cry out to God. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you want. Let them know, God, I've got a little bit of faith. God, all I've got is this to offer. But God wants to know, are you willing to give everything that you've got? Faithfulness, I'm stealing your hands. This is my confidence. Come on, somebody. You never fail me. God's here right now. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe that I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Yeah, 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 when yeah. There was no Go ahead, way. go ahead. And I believe. There's a miracle in this house I'll right see now. You do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe that I'll see you do 